0: This episode was originally published in 2015.
1: Hey, Lurid listeners. Welcome back to the Kiss Me Quick's Erotica podcast. This is your favorite sexy librarian, Rose Carraway. Guess what? It is May 1st. What? To- <laughs> Today is the day that I am drawing the lucky son of a gun who is going to get to win the autographed copy of the sexy librarian's big book of erotica.
0: I can tell you're kind of jealous of this person I... that you're about to pick.
1: <laughs> you know what? It's not I'm actually kind of nervous. Like I feel like I am in this drawing like oh my god, I might would I should have put my name in there. I know.
0: <laughs> I agree.
1: <sighs> All this, this work
0: mine. and you get to hold on to it and then just give it away.
1: Yes. Um, you know, we've said it before. This book has traveled the world. It has gathered 18 autographs in total, including mine. Um, It started on the West Coast, went all the way over to the East Coast of the U.S., jumped the Atlantic, made its way around the U.K., and now it's back. It's ready to find its forever home. Um, And I'm really excited for all the Lurid listeners that emailed. Uh, It was really cool to get as many men as women and to me, that means we're doing our job right, meaning that our show is for everybody. Um, Amen to that. I'm personally stoked that all the chicks uh, emailed me. I'm like, yeah, you go, girl. Go, sexy woman. <laughs> so I'm, you know, I, I hope, I know I don't want to say I hope a woman wins, but part of me kind of does. <laughs> oh, well, okay, then
0: I'll be on team men.
1: Okay. Yeah, we both, we'll, We are going to be super stoked for whoever wins, of course. Um but you, you lurid listeners out there, thank you once again for participating in this drawing—the biggest drawing by far that I have ever done.
0: Yep, it was pretty cool. Like a lot, a lot of people.
1: Dude, I stopped counting. So I started with my little jar, and now it's a big old mixing bowl. So, um, dude, <laughs> <Pretty> <laughs> somebody's cool. about to be happy. <laughs> I am going to draw a winner in just a minute, and then I will personally email you, and whenever you respond back with that mailing address, if I don't have it already, I will drop this lovely autographed uh, library in the mail today. That's how excited I am. So I am fully anticipating going to the Poe box today to to mail it out.
0: Yeah, I have one technical note. Uh, When she does read the name, I will be bleeping out the last name. Uh, we are all about keeping privacy alive, uh, you know, not for shame's sake, but rather uh, just because it's the right thing to do. Yep. So yeah, uh, I just wanted to make that note.
1: All right. So I'm ready to draw a winner. Are you? I'm not. I'm right. I'm ready.
0: All right. Team men. My Here hands we are go. <laughs> team men.
1: Go chicks. or right, Women. <laughs> it's dudes or chicks. I got to reach for my bullets over there. Oh, okay. Okay, so I'm going to I gotta get comfortable.
0: I'm gonna be I'm looking at you right now. I'm, <laughs> ma- heart, I'm making sure I'm having... <laughs> you're not you know doing some sort of s- I'm s- not masturbating. Over there. I'm
1: like I'm gonna shuffle all the names. I'm having heart palpitations. I'm so excited right now. Okay, I'm mixing. These are all the post-its. All the names that are in here. Oh god. And don't look. Don't yeah,
0: please. don't look. That's
1: cheating. I know. Does she, a girl feel good? For the differently record, I can see boy? her. She's looking up at the ceiling. Look, okay. All right. Are you ready? I think I found one. This okay. one sounds good. Feels good, I mean. Oh, God. I'm nervous. My hands are shaking. Here I go. Oh, God. We know this person. <laughs> He's a longtime Lord listener. Oh, God. Ah, I'm so excited. It's team. Dude. Yeah, team, <laughs> team dude. Okay. The official winner of the Sexy Librarian's Big Book of Erotica, the autographed copy goes to lurid listener, Kevin Wow! <laughs> wow. <laughs>
0: How you know, shocking,
1: because you know exactly we actually that know is.
0: this. He actually is uh, a frequent, you know, like he talks. He's he, a lurid, yeah, a well, loyal through, lurid listener who, books and all yeah, kinds of stuff.
1: So yep. that's cool, man. Oh my God. I'm so happy. My cheeks hurt. I'm smiling so hard. <laughs> oh, yay. Congratulations, Kevin. All right. Awesome. I will. You know I what? already have his address. I'm pretty sure.
0: <laughs> oh. I kind of feel sad for everyone else. Oh,
1: now. no. Don't feel sad. That's a
0: bummer. Oh. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, oh. Oh, man. How about you know what we could do? We could play him. One of the stories from The Sexy Librarian (gasps) that we said we weren't really going to do, we could do that.
1: To celebrate a badass book,
0: we could do that. I agree, it is a badass. (laughs) It is equally, it's one part sexy, one part smart. And I think that is long overdue.
1: Okay, all right. Um, I'm on board with that. So we will go ahead and play my story that I wrote, uh, Halter and Hook, next week. This week we'll play a sexy librarian. Let's play
0: a sexy librarian. We'll play my story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll play the mating
1: chamber. Oh God. Yeah. Are we really doing this? Yeah, okay. All right. Oh my God, because we're givers. We give. We give and we give. I'm so excited. Like, okay. (laughs) I need a beer right now. It's like, oh. All right. That's so
0: funny that Kevin got it.
1: I think that's rad. That's rad. Yeah. Congratulations, uh, Kevin. I will pop this bad boy into the mail for you today. All right. So we're going to go ahead and play one of the stories from the Sexy Librarian's Big Book of Erotica to celebrate uh, the thing that is the library of erotica that I was fortunate to um, be able to put together and I am, uh, you know, all of these authors that got together, all those contributing authors that signed this book, that put their private messages in this book across the globe and then mailed it back to me. Um, I, I have goosebumps right now. I might start crying. I, this is I am so glad that um, I got to, to be a part of this big old thing so
0: yeah that was really neat and had built a sense of kind of community around the book and yeah uh, I think that's uh pretty damn awesome all right you Kevin you are a lucky son of a (laughs) gun.
1: all right so hey without further ado here is (laughs) I can't believe we're doing this my story from the sexy librarian's big book of erotica the mating chamber The Mating Chamber. Author: Rose Caraway. Dewey Decimal Number: 392.4. Category: Mating Customs. Subject: 1. Shackles. 2. Breeding. 3. Matriarchal. The cool morning breeze whipped through her tightly coiled black hair across the swell of her small, dark breasts, and licked between her exposed thighs. The sun rose above the jagged eastern horizon, warming the valley with its toasty golden rays. Dozens of women dressed in short robes absorbed the thin heat of new spring, all brimming with sexual anticipation as they watched the most honored hunters of Patria assemble. At the queen's signal, the hunters parted the crowd and in single file walked toward the hill, their captives' thick chains clanking heavily with each step. A collective rumble sounded from the entrance, who looked on the shapes of the ten shrouded individuals in tow, this year's captured donum. Even Patria's youngest daughters, ineligible for motherhood, stood in awe, their games temporarily forgotten as they observed the procession of shackled men. As the hunters paraded the donum, the women behind Shresha gathered in tighter, pressing and pushing against her, but she firmly stood her ground just enough to lift her nose to each of the men as they slowly walked by. A spicy, masculine brew drifted on the breeze. She wrapped her arms around her middle and pressed her thighs together as lust surged through her blood, an undeniable physical confirmation that she fiercely desired a man. To impregnate her. The valley-dwelling Petreans were a formidable matriarchal race that had no use for men except for once every year during the dawning of New Spring, when ten elected hunters returned with breedable men to honor their goddess, Shea. Handpicked by Queen Teshi herself, Shresha and nearly a hundred other women waited in the frosted grass. They were this year's entrants, selected as potential mothers and all vying for their chance to bear Petria's next daughter. The hunters were forced to slow and then eventually stop as women crowded in around them. Shresha suddenly felt closed in and the air seemed too thick. Too many women shoved at her back, stepped on her unprotected feet. It felt like she was trying to hold back a herd of wild beasts. She jabbed her elbows into someone's ribs Forcefully shoved a woman off her poor foot and was fighting for space when an immense shadow fell over her. The frenzied chaos halted. Shresha looked up and up. Her jaw slack, her mouth open. The last shrouded donum had stopped just in front of her and looked as tall as a mountain. He towered over all of the other men in line. With the tenacity of a spring flood, desire rushed through Shresha's body. She wanted this man. She knew that beneath the shroud stood a Dalkivian. The excited whispers around her backed her suspicions. The Dalkivian were an elusive race, a high-chinned breed of man, hardy and rumored to have hair that was the color of the sun, a glacial titan. A heavy jangle of chains at the massive man's wrists brought Shresha's attention to his hands. She gawked at their pale color, but found herself enamored by their size. She could almost feel them caressing her flesh, could imagine how his thick fingers would move between her thighs, and fuck her with nice, slow thrusts. Those incredibly large hands promised a kind of power that Shresha shamelessly found herself wanting to experience even more than motherhood. It would take a moment to grow accustomed to a man's body, she knew that, especially one of this size, but she didn't care. She would willingly spread her legs wide for this man. With giddy desperation, she wanted to inspect the rest of his body, to see the other, more fabled part of him. But the formless shroud prevented her even the slightest hint of what was hidden beneath it. The procession made its way toward the hill again, and several throaty growls of frustrated longing sounded from the disappointed women. The hunters led their captives and neatly gathered behind Queen Teshi, who stood at the top of the hill, patiently holding her wooden box. Teshi was an older woman, well beyond the years of childbearing, but she watched as the hunters settled the donum into place with a look that suggested she wasn't too old to still appreciate what was hidden beneath the shrouds. After the line settled, the queen spoke in a loud, authoritative voice that easily carried over the crowd of eager young women. Daughters of Patria, it is new spring, and we have gathered once again with our most eligible women to celebrate our land's sacred tradition. Queen Teshi lifted the black wooden box high above her head. The older woman smiled with great pride when the entrance threw their hands into the air at the same time, cheering in exultation, With careful reverence, the queen set the ancient box on its dais and added an extra flourish of her hands, eliciting another round of excited cheers from the crowd. Caught in the moment, Shresha felt the sting of tears. That old box held her destiny. Silently, she prayed to Shea for the thousandth time that morning and wiped the tears from her eyes. Instead of listening to the queen, she scanned the ten-waiting donum. Goosebumps returned, hot and rough over her skin. Though she could have all of them if she won, that wonderful bounty of unexplored male flesh made her pussy slick with the need to conquer it. She knew there was only one man she truly desired. The big Dalkivian. The women nearest her deliberated as though at market deciding on the best cut of meat, openly discussing their thoughts on what the size of each man's cock would be, especially the tallest one. Queen Teshi lifted her hands to quiet them. Settle down, settle down, hush now, please. We have quite an exceptional selection this year, and just like all of you, I want to see them revealed. The women crowed good-heartedly at their queen. The older woman enjoyed the playful jeering, and patiently patted the air. The old queen's bright, shining eyes looked on the mother's elect. That's more like it. Now then, our hunters have safely returned with an exceptional bounty, and I think it particularly worth mentioning that Captain Shram, our most honored hunter, should be applauded for returning from the harsh Great Northern Glacier and successfully bringing back our very first Dalkivian. Shram stepped forward with a wide smile, her towering trophy standing behind her with no slack allowed in his chain. It occurred to Shresha that the man might be resisting, but quickly dismissed the idea. The mage always administered a tonic that made them easier to control. Shram bowed deeply, accepting her due praise. Before we begin, let us honor last year's blessed mother, Darnisha. The crowd erupted in a loud chorus as the woman removed her short robe and then walked up the hill and proudly presented her three-month-old twin daughters, Zetcha and Rushi. Darnisha was a squat little woman, and even from where she stood, Shresha could see the beautifully feathered lines that pregnancy had tattooed into her thighs and belly. This time, Shresha felt tears of envy threaten to fall. There were so many entrants. Her heart plummeted. As Darnisha returned the awarded key back to the queen, the crowd stilled and quieted itself on its own accord. The key of Petria would be passed on to the next woman that would bear a daughter to honor Shea. Before we begin, I must remind all of you that when I call your name, I want you to calmly approach the box. Take one piece of parchment, keep it folded in your hand, until all entrants have drawn. Then, when I say, you may unfold it. The queen's eyes narrowed as she then warned all of them. Remember, motherhood is the greatest honor you will ever be blessed with, and anyone flippantly disregarding that honor will be punished. Shresha swallowed the lump in her throat as a heavy feeling came over her. She had witnessed a total of four stonings. She squeezed her eyes tight, sent another hasty prayer to the goddess, and waited as the queen began calling names. One by one, women strode up to the old black box, reached inside, and plucked a folded paper from it. The minutes passed. Shresha's eyes darted left and right as more and more women around her excitedly held a folded piece of parchment to their chests. Shresha! the queen announced, and she wondered which one held the key. Shresha! She didn't think she could bear the gut-wrenching disappointment. Shresha! For Patria's sake, child, get up here! The queen laughed. She could count 57 daughters born under her reign, but the excitement never grew old for the old woman. Shresha's cheeks burned when the women around her snickered. On rubbery legs, she approached the black box. Go ahead, child, Shresha nodded. She slid a hand inside, her fingers lowered into the cool depths. Licking her lips, she pinched her trembling fingers on a swatch of thick paper, and then carefully withdrew her hand. Queen Teshi smiled approvingly as Shresha clutched it to her chest. Nepsha The queen shouted for the next entrant, and Tresha jumped. She scurried back down to her place in the crowd, her heart hammering in her ears the entire way. Desh! Shawnee! Name after name, until the very last was called, and then the queen finally closed the lid. She slid her eyes shut as much in prayer as to build tension. After what seemed an eternity, she opened her eyes again and shouted, Open, open them, and let's welcome this year's new mother. A great dry rustle filled Tresh's ears, along with the heavy thumping of her heart. At some point, she'd closed her eyes tight, listening for it. The scream, the laughter, the cries from the woman that had won. But none came. Her head began to throb. She strained to hear it, the utter joy that wouldn't be hers but there were no shouts, no screams of celebration. What are you waiting for? A sour-faced girl beside her barked. Her own unfolded parchment revealed nothing but a blank page. Shresha looked down. She'd been clutching the folded page to her chest so tightly that her knuckles ached. She was sure that there would be no point to opening it. If you don't open it, I'm going to do it for you, the girl bleated and started to grab for the folded sheet, but Shresha took a wobbly step back. She held her breath, and slowly unfolded one corner, and then another, until all that was left was one last fold. She hesitated. Open it, you stupid thing! Ishi! The queen had come down from the hill. Go ahead, child. With trembling fingers, she slowly unfolded the last corner time stood still as she revealed the drawn image of the key of patria you won suddenly her hand was shoved into the air with such force shresha had to stand on tiptoes to prevent her arm from being yanked from its socket you won she won shresha won she was stunned her brain assaulted by doubt as she tried to believe that her wish had just come true her heart raced ready to burst from her chest. Her pussy felt swollen, hot with a single, solitary need. A sharp, burning lance of desire had suddenly struck through her very core. Shresha was unaware that the queen had saved her arm from the spastically jumping Ishi and escorted her to the top of the hill. The crowd issued thunderous cheers for her, for the daughter she would soon bear. And so loudly, that she checked the sky to see if the goddess Shea herself had suddenly appeared. All right, hush, settle down. Now there was a low hum of eager whispers. Shresha's stomach churned as the women eyed her with envy. Could they know why the pyre of lust burned so hotly inside of her? Did they notice the wetness glistening on her thighs because she wanted to be with a man more than become a mother? Only when the queen was certain that the crowd was under control did she address the hunters. Captain Schramm, if you please. On the lead hunter's command, and in dramatic unison, the other hunters withdrew their knives, curved blades glinting. With quick calculated cuts, the shrouds fell away, presenting Shresha with ten naked men. The Dalcivian was the only pale-skinned man there. Once again, the hot lance of desire made her insides burn like kindling at the magnificent sight of him. He stood there, tall and pale and mighty. Piercing glacial blue eyes, chin high and proud. She looked closer at his face. Was he fighting the effects of the mage's tonic? The Dalkivian was bigger than the other nine men. Maybe he needed more. Shresha's body vibrated with a mixture of emotions just then, and she decided that the man's resistance was only imagined. She wasn't in the most reliable state of mind at the moment. Resisting or not, this was a man the goddess Shea herself might elect to breed with. His hair was a gloriously tussled mane, as gold as the summer sun. Even his bearded foreign jaw stirred her blood. Shresh's eyes lowered. Two big square muscles made up his chest, both dusted with light brown hair. Two columns of smaller but no less impressive muscles led her down his waist, and there her gaze stalled in unexpected surprise. Nestled in a light brown patch of coiled hair, the man's cock hung, thick and long, and unsheathed. Queen Tessie gently tapped her shoulder. Have you made your choice? None of the other men existed. They paled in comparison, and quite simply held no intrigue. The queen may as well have already ordered their disposal. Shresha could find no reason to consider the others, because this impressive pale northerner was all that she wanted. She cleared her throat. Yes, yes, Well, which one? The queen winked. Several loud suggestions were volunteered from the crowd. I, I, I choose the Dalkivian. It came out in a whisper more than anything else, but the crowd could see the shapes of the words her lips had formed and enthusiastically sounded its approval. Captain Shram, this woman has chosen the Dalkivian. Make him ready. Shram inclined her head slightly as she accepted a small object from the queen. The Ring of Destiny! Shram held up a familiar stone ring, charmed by the mage as well, to ensure that a female baby would be conceived. Captain Shramm abruptly turned and in one practiced motion threaded the Dalcivian's thick cock through the loop until it rested securely at its base. This key will unlock the chains of your chosen donum, and as this key opens his locks, so too shall he open your womb. Shresha couldn't hear much after that. The Delkivian's massive shoulders rolled once, and his hands flexed again. Those intense eyes of his continued to gleam as though he were fighting an internal battle. She was overwhelmed. Her breath came in quick, shallow bursts and her knees trembled. Guards stood just outside the locked doors of the mating chamber, but inside there was only Shresha and her chained donum. She took a sip of water, then set the heavy cup back on its tray, saving the rest for later. She would need it. Ten days they would be locked inside the chamber. Every night and every morning, the mage would come to re-administer the tonic in order to keep the Delkivian a malleable lover. As his great shoulders rolled, his arms worked, muscles bunching in his chest. Shresha stared while recalling the lessons taught to her about the process of preparing a man. She absently chalked up the fidgety movements as normal behavior. Stepping forward, she traced an exploring finger over the man's lips, and when they parted, all she could think at that moment was what it would be like to kiss them. So she did. With both hands, she pulled his neck, bringing his mouth to hers. His lips parted more, almost instinctively. A low rumble issued from his throat that made Shresh's belly flutter with delight. Though still cuffed, he tried to reach for her. Or was it the key he wanted? The mage's tonic ensured that his body would function but his mind would only be open to commands made of him. She wrapped her arms around his neck, bringing his full lips closer. Kiss me, Delkivion. He did. My breasts, squeeze them. She moaned as that hot, lustful spike shot through her when his pale hands pushed aside the thin fabric of her robe and then closed over her dark breasts. But she noticed that the chains inhibited his mobility. She needed to make him more available to her. Wait a moment. She pulled the necklace from around her neck. The Dalcivian mumbled something incoherent, and the deep tenor of his voice made her toes curl. He flexed his fingers, tried to reach for her again, but she stopped him. No, you must obey me, Delkivion. I will unlock your bindings, but then I want you to get on the bed. With a twist and a click, Two heavy shackles fell to the floor in a clatter, directing Shresha's gaze downward. I didn't know your kind were unsheathed. This is a pleasant surprise, Alkivian. Shresha touched the long-exposed organ with a finger and smiled when it twitched and swelled. She knelt, unlocked the shackles from around his ankles, and then there came the distinct, silky-metallic sound of a Petrean broadsword being drawn from the mounted panoply on the wall. Shresha was hoisted all the way to her feet, and then the long, cold blade of her ancestors was held firmly against her neck. The Dalkivian was fast. She gave him credit for that, but she would have plenty to say to the mage when he returned. What is happening? It was a drunken whisper, fighting for control, and Shresha couldn't deny the sudden impatient temper that flared within her blood at his question. She wasn't in the mood for explanations. The blade at her throat didn't concern her, but it did offer a delightful challenge, a big, strong quarry to submit. She let him gain a little confidence first. You were chosen by Shea to be my donum and give me a daughter. Give you a... I've heard of your kind, but I didn't think I'm your captive? A grumble came from his throat as he rubbed his temple with his free hand. The Dalkivian shook his head in an attempt to clear the groggy effects of the tonic. Until you are of no use, of course. That is the only reason you are in Patria. Shresha leaned closer, against the edge of the blade, and her pussy clenched at the deadly thrill of it. Something stung me. I I fell to the ground. I remember a dark woman standing over me, grinning. The large man shook his head again. Yes, Shram is Petria's greatest warrior. All Shresha had to do was call to the guards outside. She didn't want to, though. She really didn't need to, either. Though he was strong, a veritable mountain of muscle standing before her, she could easily salvage the situation. You call yourselves warriors? The man looked around the chamber now, searching for something. Shresha smiled. You should be honored. You can't abduct men and then use them this way. He hadn't shouted exactly, only raised his voice, and whatever Shresha did now, it had to be done quickly before the guards did hear him. If they came in, The Dalkivian would be killed immediately. She preferred to delay his destiny as long as possible. The talking had lasted long enough anyway. She wanted this man. Now. Ten days suddenly seemed to tick by before they had even begun. With efficient grace, Shresha grabbed the same hand the Dalkivian held the sword with, shot a quick palm against his nose with her other hand, smashing cartilage, then looped her arm across his throat and at the same time stepped around, thrust her hips against his, and then tossed him to the stone floor, hard. She mounted him and dug her fingers into the fleshy part of his thumb, stripped the sword from his grip, then held the deadly blade against his throat. The look of astonishment in his crystalline eyes made Shresha smile in savage triumph. I can have you any way I want, Delkivion. You are all mine now, and have but one purpose. I plan to have you many, many times, so you might as well get used to it right now. This is but the first way I intend to do so. She grabbed a handful of luscious golden hair, pinned his meaty arms with her knees. She lifted the sword but still pointed its tip at him, and then brought his mouth to her pussy. He didn't resist. The tonic still had a strong effect on him, and it was plain to see that he wasn't formally trained in combat because he didn't attempt any of the number of escapes available to someone under the blade of a sword while lying flat on his back. Shresha, though not a hunter, was still very well trained. She knew a variety of moves that would even when matched against a man as large as the one beneath her, ensure her success. Petrian women were cunning and precise when it came to battle. It was an essential key to keeping their land secret from outsiders. His thick, probing tongue felt hot, slick. It trembled a little while licking her. That's good, delkivian Now, suck me a little. Shresha pushed her pussy in his mouth harder. Visions of the other men on the hill, naked and obedient, filled her mind, and to her surprise, she wanted them too. All of them. Her breath caught while the man beneath her moaned a muffled, unmistakable sound of enjoyment. Maybe she wouldn't be too harsh on the mage after all. The large arms pinned at his sides stirred. You want to touch me? Do you want to stick me with one of those big fingers, Delkivian? His nod thrilled her. She lifted her weight just enough so that he could maneuver beneath her. The sword stayed cautiously in its raised position, creating a delicious scene for her. She felt his large hand searching for her opening, and she moved to meet it. Then a finger, long, hard, and so very thick, found its mark, and Shresha lowered herself onto it, sucking air between her teeth. She bucked her hips, grinding against his mouth and atop his finger. Glancing behind her, she found his cock standing straight and tall, the ring of destiny still boldly crowning its base and its blunt tip glistening, ready to penetrate her, to impregnate her. She released his beautiful hair and reached for it, stroking him at the same pace with which his finger fucked her. Another groan came from him, and it vibrated into her pussy. The next moment, she felt a hot, liquid gush, and she made him drink her salty orgasm until her sensitive clit could take no more. Shresha rose to her feet, boneless and panting, staring at the massive, naked man lying on the stone floor, his sexual need deliciously evident and unfulfilled. She suddenly wondered what he would taste like. Then she recalled the other men and wondered what they would all taste like. That was good, but we are far from finished yet. She pointed the sword at him. Get up and get on that bed, Dalkivian. I want your cock now. The man rose to his feet, he hesitated a moment before obeying. She watched his muscles bunch and move as he walked and then climbed onto the bed and lay down. He turned his head to her expectantly, waiting for the next command, his great cock pointing upward. She gripped the sword and walked to the bed. She had every intention of making the most of the next ten days. This morning, While it was just the two of them beneath the sheets, Shresha stared at the sleeping giant, feeling somewhat lazy as she studied his features. She was accustomed to seeing his expressive face during sex by now, and she found that she rather liked how peaceful he looked while sleeping, too. One of his hands rested on his chest, reminding her how they sometimes snatched at her one moment and then caressed her the next. How they were coming to know how she wanted to be touched. She lifted his hand and brought it to her lips. His eyes fluttered open, revealing two beautiful blue eyes. His hand closed over hers, and he gave her a brilliant, sleepy smile. She realized that today already marked their sixth day in the mating chamber, and she also finally admitted to herself that she needed to take things a little slower. Her body ached, unaccustomed to so much sexual activity. She just hadn't been able to summon the will to stop. Over the last several days, she'd made requests that the other men be brought to the mating chamber, sometimes five or six at a time. She had shamelessly fed her curiosity and allowed herself to become a goddess in her own mind. With so many men surrounding her, worshipping her body, her goal to become pregnant was forgotten. Shresha relished every moment in the chamber. The position that had quickly become a fast favorite was when she had enough men for her to simultaneously hold a cock in each hand, suck on another, and have the Dalkivian beneath her while yet another penetrated her from behind. In those moments of greedy bliss, Shresha thought she understood what it must be like to be the goddess Shea. And strangely, The attentive Dalkivian surprised her at every turn by anticipating her needs. What had truly shocked her was when he had confessed that her pleasure brought him pleasure. In the darkness, while she lay warm and cozy in his arms the night before, sleep did not come as easily as she had hoped. Their morning meal was complete and Tresha felt refreshed and energized. She stood and reached up for a long, spine-cracking stretch, and the Dalkivian knelt on the floor in front of her, his eyes just at breast level. She felt a flutter of excitement, but there also came a twinge of something else. Shresha frowned. What do they call you, Dalkivian? Hmm? His wet lips drew her nipples tight. Shresha let her head fall back, and grabbed handfuls of his long hair, then shoved him downward. She wouldn't tolerate his not paying closer attention. As punishment for the slight infraction, she bucked and ground against his lips, tongue, and teeth, until the Delkivian was out of breath. She released him, panting, and he rested his cheek against her hip. He tried to catch his breath, and responded gruffly, Beln, it's Beln. She made her next demand, but carefully avoided eye contact. Sit down on the floor, Dalkivian. She refused to use his name. It was too personal. But she could still hear him saying it over and over in her mind. Belne. It's Belne. She sat on his lap, facing him. While she fucked herself on his cock, he stared at her breasts as they danced before his eyes. Shresha liked that he watched her body. It always resulted in his own more enthusiastic performance. She'd tested this theory by presenting him with loud, rejoicing cries, and he'd responded vigorously. Now, as her pussy clenched over his cock, ready to release, she leaned down and took his mouth, feeding him her cries of ecstasy. He accepted them eagerly by wrapping his heavy arms around her, crushing her with his hard chest and pumping into her until he came with a great countering roar. The mage returned that night to administer more potion, and Tresha still hadn't mentioned anything of Bound's growing resistance against it. Besides, she was becoming accustomed to him this way. She was confident in her own skills that she could easily subdue him at any time. Belne had free movement within the chamber, but was well aware that with one word from Shresha, the guards would kill him without hesitation. But he never seemed to want to flee. He spoke of it and would occasionally question what was to happen after the tenth day, but Shresha quieted him with a sharp order, not to mention some very effective, distracting, and energetic rounds of fucking. She didn't want to think of what was to happen once her ten days of mating had come to its end, either. It made her confused. All the donum would be disposed of. They couldn't be allowed to return to their homes. For centuries, her people had kept their land secret this way. The time had come. She felt her throat tighten with a pang of sadness while she was currently pinned against the wall of the mating chamber her back digging into the sharp, rigid stones. Belne huffed at her neck, bruising her with his teeth. One hand cupped her ass with his two middle fingers embedded deep inside. He wiggled and fucked her with them while his cock did the same. Shresha, full to the hilt and in the throes of wild, animalistic energy, grunted and groaned. She tangled her hands within his hair and yanked hard, Holding on at the same time for dear life. Fuck me, Dalkivian! Harder! Hurt me! She screamed, not wanting this moment to end. Suddenly, he pulled her away from the wall and flung her onto the bed. He grabbed her hips, and when she felt his heavy cock tip aim for her pussy, she grabbed the sheets. In one swift movement, he pounded into her. He covered her body with his, grabbed her mouth, turning her face so that he could see her expression. Shresha remembered how the act of her sucking on another man's cock while he'd fucked her several nights ago had affected him. So she sucked two of his long fingers into her mouth and was immediately rewarded with an anguished and hungry groan. And then, the hardest pounding of her life. What's to become of me now? he asked lazily taking a dark nipple into his mouth. She couldn't say when this had become a habit of his, but Belne always found some way to touch her while they lay together in the bed. Her nipple hardened instantly as his whiskers scraped her breast, but she looked away from his searching gaze, holding the ring of destiny in her palm. Her heart ached a little as she clutched it tightly. When it had finally fallen away, and hit the stone floor. The sound echoed throughout the chamber. Shresha had retrieved it, and then decided that she would save the ring to remember him by, her beautiful donum. Shresha felt the corners of her mouth turn down. It was all over, and she had to find a way to accept it. With a heavy sigh, she kissed his forehead, and lifted his chin with a finger. You will bring me such great honor, Dalcivian. She searched for a reason to hate him, to make it easier for herself, but the last ten days had been so magical, so perfect, she could find no fault with this man, except that he had allowed himself to be caught. Suddenly Beln rose onto his elbows as though he understood his fate. It seemed so cruel to rid the world of such a beautiful beast. Through the window there came the heavy beat of drums, low and ominous. The women of Patria were gathering once again at the bottom of the hill, Queen Teshi undoubtedly standing proudly at the top. For the first time in Shresha's life, she understood what indecisiveness felt like. Panic seeped into her heart, made her anxious. This was how it was supposed to be, yet she couldn't bring herself to reshackle this man and present him to be... Suddenly she pushed away and grabbed a sword from the wall. They had used it many times during their lovemaking. Was it lovemaking? A memory buzzed over her skin as she remembered how he held her against a bedpost, with the sword pointed at her throat, commanding her to suck his cock. It was at that moment, while she was voluntarily at his mercy, taking him into her mouth that she thought she might love him, that she didn't ever want to leave the mating chamber because she couldn't imagine not having him again. The drumbeat in the distance quickened. They were almost ready for her to bring the Dalkivian back to the hill. Shresha thrust the sword into his hand. You must be quick. Take this. Go through the window while there is still darkness to cover you. At first, he just sat there, unsure of something. Then he looked up at her. Come with me, he whispered harshly, trying to pull her to him, his eyes pleading. I didn't think I could, but I... I've grown to want more of you. Please, come with me. We'll go together. I can't. You must go, please, before they suspect something is wrong and come for you. What was she doing? What would the queen say when she told them all that the dalkivian had escaped? She wrung her fingers, then reached for another sword. You must go. I can't send you to your death, not after this. A tear formed at the corner of her eye, and she felt her chin tremble. For the first time in her life, Shresha loved someone more than she thought possible. The queen would be very angry at not being able to complete the ceremony. A man that had escaped Patria was a threat. He would be hunted relentlessly, and Shresha, it didn't matter. She would fight to her death and die with love in her heart. That thought was somehow more honorable to her than having a daughter, and it soothed her as she gripped the sword. I will wait for you, Shresha. Her name on his lips ripped a cry from Shresha's throat. Go, you big! You big! The words wouldn't come. She swiped the sword at him, half heartedly. He smiled, a sad smile, but then took her mouth with his and kissed her one last time. Without saying anything, he turned and climbed up the window ledge. In an instant, He was through it, and then gone. So much for listening again, you lucky dogs. That was my story, The Mating Chamber, taken from the Sexy Librarians' Big Book of Erotica. We actually did it, we put a story out there from this anthology, and dang it, it was pretty hot. Um, congratulations go again to Kevin. That book is going in the mail as soon as I step out of this booth. Thanks again to everyone who emailed and put their names into this drawing. Of course, um, I wish everybody could have won, but we only I could only give one book away. Um, thank you to all the authors who participated and helped me get this book uh, mailed to uh, all of the cities, all the stops it had to make. 18, actually 19 stops if you count mine again. Um, thank you, thank you, thank you to all those authors. As always, we are super glad that you Lurid listeners are around. And if you want to help continue supporting our show, don't forget to head over to Audible and select any one of the audiobooks that I have narrated. I of course would be especially appreciative if you were to buy the Sexy Librarians Big Book of Erotica. It's of course my personal favorite, but I love them all. Um, you can sign up for free. You get a thirty-day free trial, and you will get a free audiobook. The Sexy Librarians like over ten hours. It's like eleven hours or something crazy like that. So, free erotica. Sign up for free, uh, and and I will be very grateful. As always, if you want to get in touch, I'm available by email, thekissmequicks at gmail.com. The website for any and all updates to subscribe to the newsletter is thekissmequicks.com. I'm also on Facebook and at Twitter. Just type in my name and I will be there. Congratulations again, go to Kevin. And as always, love all of you lurid listeners. See you soon. I'd like to thank the following musical artist. Kai Engel. The Kiss Me Quicks is produced by Big Daddy Dave Caraway. Stupid fish. <sighs> I don't want to give the book away. I don't want to give it away. It's mine. It's my pretty.
0: I know what you mean. That's pretty cool. Dang it. Just giving it away.
1: Uh, Dude. Let me smell it one more time. I think I smell some Brits in there. (laughs) Is that Mm. a good thing? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I hope. (laughs) It is to me. I'm not sure. (laughs) Brits smell delicious. (laughs) Uh, it's those Americans you got to work. No.
0: <laughs> like, wouldn't it be fun to kind of see what that book's been through? Like attach like a GoPro Put to a it? Put a GoPro
1: <laughs> on it. Oh, that would be fantastic. I know. Yeah. Well, that's kind of why I wanted all the authors to take their pictures with it. So that you could see, you know, kind of where we, it, it, where we took it. Dude, we took, this book went to the next level. That's just my opinion, and that makes all of us awesome.